Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Hey there, and welcome to Hit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Joy Rios, and on this show, we talk about how complicated healthcare is. We talk to a bunch of women experts and let them share their expertise. And today we have three women experts on the show, and I would like you all to introduce yourself, and I'm going to say in order. Jamie Bland, CEO of Sync Health. All right. Kat McDavid, Chief Strategy Officer at Incena and CEO of the Zoria Foundation. Mandara Singh, SVP and General Manager of the Acute Impaired Markets for Point Click Care. Okay. Today, we're here to talk about something special with Nebraska. What is it that brings the three of you together? We are collaborating on a very cool maternal health program in North Omaha. Which connects providers and people to technology and information so that we have better maternal health outcomes in vulnerable populations across Nebraska. And how did you guys choose Nebraska? Well, that is where Sync Health is headquartered. And we cover the Nebraska and Iowa Health Information Exchange and Prescription Monitoring Program for Nebraska. So really, that's where home is. We applied for the HHS Racial Equity and Postpartum Outcomes Challenge, I think is, is what the long name was. And Point Click Care and Sync Health were already collaborating on a number of other use cases in Nebraska. And so Encena also works with both of them as consultants. And so we winged an application and we won. We won the grant. And so our first site is North Omaha. And Jamie can talk about why that site was chosen. So uh, North Omaha is a population in which the African-American community is dominantly represented in in Nebraska. And with our data and our infrastructure for health information exchange, as well as the collective medical platform for event notifications and emergency room notifications for providers, we're able to robustly implement notifications as well as um, information sharing to providers across the ecosystem so that we have early notification and comprehensive information so that we're impacting maternal child outcomes. And I'll turn it to Mandra about how that really works Works, from a technical perspective. Yeah, let me start by saying the reason we're doing it in Nebraska is because Jamie is a visionary in terms of how 
she both runs her organization, but also in terms of, of really aligning the priorities for the region, right? And that's what we find. We've been in the business of, of connecting different points of care, driving better outcomes for decades now. But what makes this really special is that we were able to take a lot of the collaboration that was already happening with Sync Health and really wrap it around a use case that is very meaningful, but also really underscores the need for care coordination and how if you take a use case and don't just do technology for technology's sake, but truly wrap it around a set of workflows and invested stakeholders, you can drive drive a lot of change. And so I can, I can walk through kind of what we're doing. Please so do. So that we're not talking conceptually. Yes, I want to know, like, I want to be able to visualize it. Are we talking about a hospital? Are we talking about a hospital system? Is it the whole state? Of Nebraska? Eventually it will be. Where we're starting is with a few clinics, but really we have kind of done this in a robust fashion from a collective platform and from point-click care for a long time now. The way to think about it is when a patient shows up in an emergency department, that provider knows very little about that patient. And everyone who does know a lot about that patient isn't there. And so how do you think about connecting those dots to ensure that as the patient leaves that emergency department, first, that they have great care while they're there, informed care, but then that those folks who can impact recovery, who can impact those outcomes are aware. So the way that works for maternal health and what we're doing in in Nebraska is a couple of things. One is when a pregnant woman or a, a woman who is postpartum shows up at the hospital, we're able to inform the clinics that she has worked with, whether that's an FQHC or another clinic, that she is there. This then means that as she's discharged, the providers that care for her on a week-to-week or month-to-month basis can actually follow up and ensure that she's not ending up back in the hospital. They can make sure that they can adjust her care plan not just for her, but also for the baby and ensure a better outcome. One in four women experience complications, whether that's during pregnancy, during labor and delivery, or then afterwards in postpartum. So we're not talking about a small set of patients. We're talking about one in four women who give birth. And if you think about that, that's a really big group. The other thing we're doing is that when it comes to the emergency department, A lot of women who are postpartum will experience things like chest pain or a headache, and they won't connect that back to the fact that it might actually be a postpartum issue. We see a lot of complications postpartum, such as heavy bleeding or high blood pressure, but there are also complications that aren't as obviously connected to the birth. For an ED doctor today, if you think about all the work and the awareness that we've raised around you know, unconscious bias or, or really how do you build that patient rapport, it's not practical or reasonable to ask every woman that shows up at the emergency department, have you had a baby in the last 90 days? I mean, for those of us around the table, that would feel very odd if that was a question that was asked, right? Especially if what you're presenting with really has nothing to do with that. And so our ability to inform that provider that the patient sitting in front of you has had a baby in the last 90 days gives them a more complete picture at the same time as everyone else that cares for that patient is getting a more complete picture in real time to be able to drive outcomes. Well, so what what you're talking about, and we haven't said the magic word is a lot of interoperability, right? Correct. So let's talk about the foundation of interoperability, especially for Nebraska and Iowa, where we're we're really operating in a utility type of model where we've been identified in state statute that we are a health information network 
for a variety of use cases and purposes. And we support Medicaid, we support public health, we support private sector. And being a public-private partnership with robust governance in place allows us to be very comprehensive in the information that we were able to provide for notifications. So not only are we able to connect hospitals, we go that extra mile or that last mile of interoperability where we're connecting clinics, we're connecting community-based organizations so that a broad inclusion of interoperability is really what we have in Nebraska. And then we're in a build stage for, for Iowa. We really have some innovative partners at the Iowa Department of Public Health that really want this vision for Iowans as well and have really invested in the the infrastructure to connect hospitals and clinics and pharmacies and and really provide a, a comprehensive longitudinal health picture for Iowans as well as Nebraskans. So that foundation is really where Collective Medical and Sync Health started our collaboration, call it co-opetition. Like I was never going to do notifications better than Collective Medical. So let's collaborate around this idea that we're going to really saturate information and customize and curate that information so that it's usable, consumable, efficient for providers. And being a provider myself, I know that I don't want all notifications. I just want the ones I want. So how can we really facilitate that from a statewide perspective for improved healthcare outcomes? Okay, so I come from like a quality payment program that like background. And when I think of HIE, I'm thinking of referring patients, right? And you're sending over a summary of care or accepting a summary of care. That's not what we're talking about here, is it? Or is it like... So one of the cool things when we put together the grant application or the challenge application with all these organizations, one of the reasons we thought Sync Health would be an amazing partner and showcase for that is because like you're saying, Joyce, some HIEs, I think it's very transactional, right? It's very technology pipes. There are HIEs like Sync Health that are super in into their communities. And so they've actually hand-selected a number of organizations, community orgs, to work on this program that are kind of beyond like what you would consider a traditional care team. Just very, very cool. And they're kind of the linchpin there making that all happen. And we would not have such a cool and comprehensive program without their connections back in the community. Many of the staff members at Sync Health are also clinicians, which is very cool. And that's the same with Point Click Care and Collective. There are a number of clinicians on site that I think really make all that gel. So it's more than just a technology project. I would think so, yeah. And so can we talk about the community aspect? What does that look like? It's community information exchange and onboarding organizations like homeless shelters and the clinics that are in the homeless shelters and the FQHCs and those that they refer to as far as like food banks and housing assistance and a number of other community-based referral sources to include those into the care team because when we're talking about where is cost going in healthcare. So when we talk about the clinicians that are involved in sync health from a nursing background, I was a care manager. I've tried to coordinate care for 20 plus years in my career, and I was the person like making 40 phone calls to figure out where the that lab was, where that mammogram was. And when I sort of collided into my position as the leader of the HIE, I, I was really going to build an infrastructure that would support that not happening, right? So we were looking at how we could really facilitate care coordination and, you know, not have a a book of community resources that we were flipping through. So really that was the last mile 
for us to really complete. And we're still working on onboarding community orgs all the time, but we've had some really good outcomes from the homeless referral system, as well as these maternal child interactions and really connecting providers across the community that typically don't interact with each other or have available information. Well, I got to tell you, I'd actually, you're kind of blowing my mind because I didn't actually know that there were clinics inside of homeless shelters. I didn't know that that was a common thing. Are they on an EHR? Like how, like that? Not everybody. Of there's, course. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's a lot of, pa- still a lot of paper documentation, but having a tool like this or having availability of information, at least from an HIE perspective that they can log in and see because folks are discharged from the ED, show up in the homeless shelter and come right back into the ED, right? So that kind of bounce back in the community, you know, really similar to how we want to facilitate the maternal child notifications. When a woman comes into the ED, if she's not in the same system as showing up in the ED as her obstetrician or even primary care physician, that, you know, bounce back of information, we want to make sure that that's available. So that's why we really looked at it from a statewide perspective. What can we do to make sure that whether you're seeking care, critical access hospital or an urban academic medical center or an FQHC, how do we get this information really to facilitate? It's part of equity, right? If we think about women driving an hour to be able to deliver a baby in a hospital in a rural setting, that's an inequity. And these rural health inequities that you don't get very far out of a city in Nebraska and Iowa, and you're in a rural environment and your next closest access point is a critical access hospital. But unless that providers on the same record, how are they going to get that information? Right. Right. So that's what we've really facilitated is that seamless integration of information. I mean, that's massive. That's a huge undertaking. So, I mean, applaud all of you for what you're doing. And part of what we're doing too is we don't just depend on the technology, right? And that's that's what Jamie's talking about as we talk about bringing groups together. We also hold things called clinical collaboration groups or care collaboration groups. And that's really us bringing together all the stakeholders. And it's a fascinating thing in healthcare, right? When you look at the highest level, there is some distrust that exists between providers and payers, right? There's the incentives there are not exactly equal. But when you come down to the case manager level, to the social worker, to the discharge planner, it turns out there's very little distance in what they want to do, which is to have the best possible outcome. And so we've really found that by bringing those folks together, those stakeholders, you can build, you can break down a lot of barriers and actually talk about best practices. What does the right clinical guideline look like within our platform? What is a care guideline that was helpful? What's not helpful? How should we think about using this system? We've seen great success, which is bringing the right people in a room. And yes, are we talking about technology? We are. But the idea is that this piece of technology, this platform really can mold around the use case and it can work that much better if you're truly collaborating, not just on the platform, but around it to really make it work. I mean, I just like that you guys are all coming from different organizations and identifying that you care about the same thing. And instead of competing with each other, you know, working together to get farther, faster. Coopetition is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard for a lot of people to do. It is. It's scary. Yeah, it is scary. I mean, can we talk about what's the scary part? Well, listen, I'll just go all go off the cuff here. But so historically, Collective Medical, which was a 
was acquired by Point Click Care, was seen as a competitor to many HIEs across the country. I'd say maybe all of them. And it actually, Jamie was actually, I think, the, the first one to really kind of see the benefit there that that partnership could be an asset as, a, as opposed to being a, a confrontational threat. thing, right? Where we just like beat each other's heads across the market and just wasted a whole lot of money. And I think that happened in a lot of markets historically. So, you know, I think Jamie kind of saw the vision that the collective, now Point Click Care, had a, a lot to bring to the table. Nationally, a huge network. Definitely, as she said, one of the best uh, notification systems on the planet. And obviously... And then, you know, a, a breadth of experience across other markets where we could bring use cases to bear. And I think what Mandra hasn't gotten to yet is this maternal health program actually was already in place and has been proven in multiple markets and with pretty impressive outcomes. So, you know, when Jamie made the partnership a real thing, we were able to bring all of that into Nebraska and Iowa and do some pretty cool things. And every state's different. And that's why Jamie and her team in Nebraska and Iowa, like totally integrated into the community are helpful, right? Because they can make those modifications to make it work. But Mandra, maybe helpful to talk about those. Yeah, I mean, it's it's where the double click is helpful, right, Joy? Like, we can talk at a conceptual level of what, like, data exchange and technology mean. But, and in that sphere, everyone's a competitor. But when you actually wrap around a use case and understand who's driving what results, and then really how an organization like Jamie's can drive adoption, behavior change, all these things by creating that local network that we can power. We've found that kind of that overlap, the concentric circles are are pretty meaningful. It was great to see what we'd seen kind of in spots, right? Like in in hotspots across the country to be able to scale that across a whole state is very exciting for us. And we've seen some really great results, some of them tying back to more of the nomenclature that we talk about with like healthcare cost savings. So we did see, we saw a reduction in ED readmits to the tune of 50% plus in a control group, all because these women were learning after they left the ED the first time that they didn't have to use the emergency department, which for any of us who've been in an ED, what a relief. Like in EDs all over the country right now, if you're a pregnant woman sitting there waiting to be seen for multiple hours, you're probably getting RSV just by sitting there, right? Let's be honest about like why those outcomes are better too. But it's a great example to your point, Kat, of just where we'd seen some of these results. It's also really exciting to then think about the potential as we think about patients moving, right? And that's why we're hopefully what we're doing with SYNC works as a model more broadly. Because sometimes we forget patients get in their car and they drive, right? And, And then our ability, because we're a national network, to actually track them is pretty meaningful. So I'll, I'll tell you a little story about one woman who we were tracking. She, uh, tracking makes it sound very onerous. She was on, she was a patient that was associated with our platform. She went out of state and happened to deliver a set of twins very early. They were in the NICU and she didn't want to leave them because because the hospital she delivered at was on our network, we were able to inform her health plan that she was in that ED, that she was in the NICU. And thanks to all the follow-up from them, she actually went and got seen. And this is something we see all the time with postpartum women. They don't want to leave their babies. They often forget about their own care because they're so focused on their babies. And in this case, that follow-up from her, her case manager from the health plan actually convinced her to leave the NICU, go get her follow-up visit, and they were able to stop a blood, they found a blood clot that otherwise would have taken her life. I can't think of a better example of where we need to wrap around maternal health in a way that doesn't stop 
in our communities or at your one PCP, right? We have to think of patients as people and meet them where they are and make sure that no matter how they access healthcare, we're there to catch them before they fall through the cracks. Well, and when we talk about outcomes, we're not just talking about cost reduction. What else are we measuring? So overall reduction in postpartum mortality, obviously, which is a terrible huge. thing and yes. huge, but morbidity too, complications, all those things. And there's a lot going on across the country in various forms, right? There's the uh, extension for postpartum coverage and Medicaid for a year, right? And so we have some markets looking at tracking the delivery for that long and having a notification on that. And, you know, before the birth, right, tracking how many complications we see. We can track, as Mandra mentioned, in some other markets, the number of ED visits that pregnant women actually have, right, and see some reduction there. So I think we're looking at a number of different things in Nebraska. It is a unique market. And one of the other things when we were talking earlier about how this is more of an adaptable model, it's working in other states, it's a little different in each state. So it's not adopted, it's adapted. And Jamie and her team have actually put together some really cool collaborations with some doula organizations, IB Black Girl, a really cool partner, as well as the Omaha Better Birth Project that all are taking some learnings from the community in that, in that specific area to support these mothers. It'd be cool yeah. to talk about that. So we, we know when mom does better, baby does better, right? So we're looking for, you know, long-term outcomes as well as, you know, in the immediate acute space of ED and, and um, complicated outcomes, blood clots and those kinds of things. But also we catch some of those things earlier. What does it look like from, you know, better uh, childhood outcomes as well? And, you know, we know with doula intervention or community health workers, there's a lot of good upstream outcomes that come from those child interventions as well. So there's a lot of things that we're looking at, you know, from Medicaid outcomes to just broader population health outcomes and, you know, facilitating Nebraska to be one of the healthiest states in the country. I think, I, you know, just kind of going back to, you know, what's scary about about partnership, especially in, in these data spaces and then going from health systems to plans to community-based organizations. One thing that an organization like Sync Health, very early on I realized is we're not a technology organization. We're an information and governance organization. And that's why we need good technology partners and good tech to be able to facilitate the information that's consumable and efficient for, for providers. And by not focusing on that we're a tech organization, but focusing on those things around governance, things become less scary because if we can put the right processes in place, help people understand like this is a HIPAA covered entity, this is not a HIPAA covered entity, and really facilitate those learnings intra-community, we start to peel away at some of those scary feelings around sharing data. And that's especially true when we're talking between healthcare and community, right? And we know that we have to get into that community space to address these social determinants, especially in vulnerable populations, whether it be urban or rural or African-American populations or Hispanic populations in, in Nebraska. We really have to focus on how do we adapt the governance so that it's benefiting people and let collective medical figure out the tech. Well, ladies, I'm very impressed with the brain trust that is sitting here at this table. And I wanted to say congratulations first on the grant that you guys won. That's pretty awesome. And I can't wait to see what comes from this project. If people want to follow, track, or... It, well, really, let's start with the project itself. Like, if they want to follow the journey, oh, where we have some would amazing press coming out, <laughs> courtesy of Incentacama LLC. <laughs> <laughs> probably probably yeah. the Sync Health team. Yep. 
uh, Sync Health is constantly, is very active on our social media. So Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, any of those locations, as well as reaching out to us as just through normal email channels. Uh, we're happy to connect and, and share our learnings. All right. And as you as individuals, do you guys want to plug your Twitter profiles or LinkedIn? It's very boring. Just at Jamie Bland. Okay. Same. At Kat McDevitt. See, I put it, I put my middle initial in. So it's <laughs> at Mandara M. Singh, but otherwise pretty sure Mandara Singh works on LinkedIn. Fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today. I learned a lot and I am excited that our audience gets to learn as well. So thanks. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can learn more about us or this guest by going to our website or visiting us on any of the socials with the handle hit like a girl pod. Thanks again. See you soon. Again, thank you so much for listening to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. I am truly grateful for you, and I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast, or maybe leave us a rating or review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All those things help us podcasters out so much. I'm the show's host, Joy Rios, and I'll see you next time.